What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, today on the show, we have a very, very special guest, someone that I hold near and dear to my heart. It's my mom, Karen Shaner, is the guest today. She happens to be in town um, because she was helping out with my grandmother down here, uh, risked her life and flew in the times of COVID to come here and uh, help find my, my grandmother some care. And so she mission accomplished and she's flying out tomorrow. So I figured we would try to get in a quick podcast because we haven't done one since 2016. And uh I've wanted to make this an ongoing project where I interview my mother every once in a while because I never got to do that with my dad. Um, long before I started recording stuff uh, on a regular basis, he um, got sick and I never got to f- learn anything about him. So, you know, uh, I've probably told this story in the intros in the past, but I had a friend girl whose father was dying and she told me that every time she would talk to him when she found out he was dying, she would just press record on her phone. And I thought, you know what? I have a podcast. I should start doing that with my mom when she's not dying. And so there goes. We've had we've done two of these episodes so far. This is the third one. We actually recorded a, a lost episode, uh, which would have technically been the third one, but it was mostly just me sobbing uncontrollably about my dad's sickness when we were moving him into a home in 2017, right? 2007? Yeah, in 2017. And so I never released that one because I was like, you know what? This is just too sad and not enjoyable to listen to. So we didn't put that out. So we've decided to forego talking about modern times and hopefully by the time we get to the part where I'm, you know, in my mid to late thirties and she's in her early sixties and, and we're moving my dad into a home, by that point it'll be a little more calloused over and easier to talk about. For this podcast, we talked about we only got through about three years because we bullshit a lot. We only got through about three years, but it's the years when I was in basically third, fourth, and fifth grade. <laughs> But as you'll see in the podcast, mainly about my year in third grade because I had a teacher that I thought was really dope. But yeah, so that's what we did in this podcast. Other than that, I have some big news and I have some big announcements. Um, So I'll just start with the big news first. A few uh, podcasts ago, I can't remember which episode it was in, but in one of these intros, I came clean and talked about the fact that uh, my wife and I were having trouble having a child that we had been trying for a year. And unfortunately, we had been experiencing some miscarriages and that it was very tough to go through, um, but that we were you know, trying to keep a good attitude and traipse forward. And lo and behold, the big news is Mia is pregnant and it looks like it's going to stick. We're at 15 weeks now. Um, we were able to get past the first trimester and kind of take a sigh of relief. So it looks like your boy's going to be a dad. Right now it's looking like um, the due date is going to be sometime around April, early April. So it'll be an Aries baby. Yeah, I'm excited. We don't know the gender yet. 
we would have found that out probably this week, but unfortunately it happened to coincide with the week that we're um, switching health insurance. So it's going to be a while until Mia is back in, uh, at a doctor and able to get an ultrasound. But so the story of how this happened is kind of funny. So I'll tell that real quick. Um, we had gotten to the point where we were getting pretty desperate um, and couldn't figure out why, you know, we kept being able to get pregnant, but then we were always, we just kept having miscarriages and, and that was very worrisome. So we made an appointment with an infertility doctor and, um, it was, a, since it's COVID, it was all over the phone shit, but this doctor is basically interviewing the both of us, asking about our health history, our family history, this, that, and the other. And, after going through the interview, she essentially tells us, well, okay, so it looks like you guys are definitely not having problems conceiving. Um, so whatever you do, let's figure this out before you guys try again. Do not try to get pregnant. No matter what happens, don't try to get pregnant. And, you know, me and I are on speakerphone and we have to look at each other and kind of laugh a little because we had just tried, she, you know, she was ovulating like the week before. And so literally not two days later, after talking to this infertility doctor who tells us not to try and get pregnant, we find out that me is pregnant. She is, she has a positive test. So this time, rather than just waiting to try and make it to three months without any help or any doctor appointments or whatever, uh, which is what we thought we were supposed to do for some reason. No, if you're trying and you find out you're pregnant, go to the fucking doctor because they can help. Mia's sister-in-law uh, tells her like, well, no, don't just wait, like call your doctor, tell her you're pregnant and, and, you know, they might be able to put you on some like hormone therapy that can help. They can run all this blood work and yada, yada, yada. So yeah, she goes to the doctor, they run some blood work and they say, oh, okay, this hormone needs to be at this level and this vitamin needs to be this and da, 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 da. And so they put her on a combination of some hormones and some vitamins, et cetera, et cetera, to help. And lo and behold, it worked. And so now I... I'm going to be a dad. I'm going to be the 40 year old dad. I'll turn 40 when my, when my kid is like three months old, I'll be turning 40, which is so wild. I would have never thought that as a kid that I'd be such an old dad, but here we are. When, when that kid is 20, I'm going to be 60, you know? So yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I'm thanking you guys. You didn't do anything. I did all the work. She did all the work. You guys didn't do shit, but thank you, I guess. I don't know why I'm saying that. Yeah, thank you for listening, I suppose. Uh, the other news is... After going for six months straight, this is the 26th episode that we've released in a row, I am a little burnt out and I need a little bit of a break. I need some time to process that I'm going to be a dad and I need, um, you know, just a couple of weeks off. It's also my wife's birthday at the end of the month or towards the end of the month. And so I'm going to take a couple of weeks off. I'm going to take the rest of October off. So that is the other big announcement. I'm just going to stop doing everything for a couple of weeks. I know we've got some good momentum going, but I don't know, man, I, I just need, I just need a few weeks off. This has really turned into a full-time job, which has, has never really been before. I don't know how I did this. In 2013, that's the only other year where I released 52 episodes in a row. And I have no fucking idea how I did that because I had like multiple other jobs at that time. The difference uh, uh, that seven years makes, I guess, on one's stamina really does make a difference. So 
that's the announcement. I am going to take a break. I'm not going to be too much on Instagram. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be on YouTube. I'm not going to post any podcasts until the first week of November. That's when we'll be coming back. So I guess as this is kind of like the end of a season and then I'll do the next half of a year because I always look at a year as 52 weeks. Right. And, and so I'll do the next 26, which will be like another half of a year. And then I'll probably take another break again. Who knows? So that's the plan right now. Thank you guys for tuning in for these last 26 episodes. I cannot believe that we pulled it off. It was a lot of work. I'm very proud of what we accomplished. We we had some amazing guests on. There'll be a lot more amazing ones to come in the future, you know? So yeah, cheers to half a year. Um, Okay, without further ado, my mom and I did bullshit for quite some time. So now here I am bullshitting more because that's what we do. Here's the conversation with my mother, Karen Shaner. You asked if I remembered where we left off. And I checked, and it turns out that where we left off was right after your father died. So you're 30. That's where we're going back to. We had already gotten past that, and we discussed that one on the last podcast that we did, which is about 80 80 podcasts ago already. Oh, my gosh. We haven't done one of these since January of 2016. So tons has happened since then, but... We're not here to talk about what has happened since January of 2016 because we tried that and failed miserably because I just cried the whole time. So what we're <laughs> going to do, we're going to go chronologically through your life. So we're going back to when you're 30 years old. Uh, I believe I was in second grade around then and Stephen was maybe five or four or five. It was in January, so he was just going to turn five a couple months later. Right. We'll just go from like what happens after Pappy dies, basically. Like we go home after the funeral, mm-hmm. you're back to work, I'm back in second grade, and then what's going on in life? So, let's see. Oh, When we came back after Pappy died, it was the beginning of February of 1989. And so... <clears throat> I was substituting because we had just moved to Alaska a little bit before that, and I had my um, my Alaska teaching certificate by then, and and so right after my dad died, Sherry, my principal, Sherry called me for an interview. I ended up getting hired to teach kindergarten, and then I went to work, and you guys went. Stephen was in preschool, and you were in school, and. We just pressed on with life. I didn't even remember you teaching kindergarten. Oh, you didn't? No, I didn't didn't know that. When I first got hired, I taught kindergarten. And I was also the treasurer of the PTA. As a parent or or as a teacher? As a parent. And I guess you were technically, you were were a part of the P and the T. (laughs) I was part of the P and the T. Yeah. How was teaching kindergarten? Did you like it? I loved it. You did? I did. You didn't know that? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. I loved teaching kindergarten. And I had, oh, I don't know, I had pretty many kids. I probably had like 25 kids. And it wasn't in a big kindergarten room. It was in a regular-sized classroom. But I had centers set up, and the kids were, you know, the kids were really cool. I liked them so much. They were fun. Uh Back then, we had three kindergarten teachers, and we each taught different different reading 
curriculums that year. And so I was teaching what they called DISTAR. And so the kids were really learning how to read. And, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. But at the end of the year, there weren't enough kids enrolled for the next year. And so technically, I didn't have a job for the beginning of the year, for the beginning of the following year. So I interviewed during the summertime, and then I ended up getting hired for third grade. And you remember that because you were in third I grade. I was in third grade, and that was one of the most miserable years, just having your mom <laughs> as a disciplinarian in your school. So I never got detention that year because they would just send me to your classroom <laughs> to get yelled at. And I remember I listened to a lot of uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks records in your class, particularly the Billy Joel cover. Um <laughs> Uptown Girl. Alvin and the Chipmunks version of Uptown Girl was Wait, like my favorite song. Wait, why did I play Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, you didn't play it. You had a record player in your classroom, oh. and I used to go there after school, and that's what oh. I would play all the time on on loop. Was Uptown Girls by <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> I loved that song to this day. I still love that song. Uh, what's going on in like Dad's life around that time? Like when you're teaching kindergarten, are you going to night school at that time still? Oh. Wait, let me get the dates. Oh, yes. Oh, that's super important. Yeah. While I was teaching kindergarten, I was also taking classes for my master's degree in education and in, specifically in, in elementary counseling. And so I was teaching. I was the treasurer of the BTA. I was taking care of you kids with your dad. And I was taking classes at the University of Fairbanks, Alaska. Or University of Alaska. And this is pre-internet like, days, so you were having to oh. actually go to class. <laughs> internet? Yeah. I didn't even... <laughs> wait. <clears throat> I didn't even learn how to turn on a computer until probably you were in second grade when I learned how to turn on a computer. So the year before, I learned how to turn on a computer. So the year, <laughs> the year that... Now I really sound old. Um, so the year that you were in third grade... I was also taking my first, we did it as a staff at Pinnell Elementary School, um, Introduction to Microsoft Word. Wow. We were, we were just learning like how to turn on a computer, how to... I actually didn't know that Microsoft Word was around back then. Well, because... I thought we were on Apple IIe's. Was it Microsoft Works then? Oh, it probably was Microsoft Works. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Well, you know, that's a long time. I can't remember. But I remember going over to Taylor Elementary School and sitting in their computer lab because they had a sixth grade, you know, fifth, sixth grade. So they had a computer lab. And that's where we took that class. And we earned a college credit for it, I think. And I mean, (laughs) we didn't know how to do anything. We were learning how to just type a letter on the computer and how to print. The fifth grade class, what was that teacher's name? That's who I learned how to use Macintoshes off of. The guy with the teeth. Oh, <laughs> Alan Curtis. Oh, yeah, Mr. Curtis. Mr. Curtis. He he taught GT, actually. Oh, that's right. That's right. He taught Gifted and Talented, and he was really good with the computers. I mean, when I used to sub in the GT class before I got my teaching job, those kids in third and fourth grade would teach me how to do things, and and that's where they're like, look, Mrs. Shaner, this is how you play Oregon Trail. Yeah, this is Oregon Trail, and where in the world is Carmen San Diego? That was my favorite. <laughs> I loved where in the world is Carmen San Diego, and the TV show which came later. Shout out. <laughs> so going to night school, 
juggling work and kids. Mm-hmm. What what was that like for you? Oh my gosh. Well, I was pretty exhausted, and I remember one night. Let me just say, I don't know how to type, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember this. You still don't really know how to type. No, I really don't know how to type. Um, but you used to come to my office when I was a counselor, and you would um, <laughs> lean over me. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And you'd say, oh, my gosh, it's time to go home. Let's go. Just tell me what you want to type. And you'd lean over me and, and type really fast while I was just dictating stuff to you. Don't you remember doing no, that? No, oh, that yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny because you just wanted to get out of there, you know, and go home. And I was too slow for you. And so you helped me. Still. Still, I'm always slow. Even as you're telling this story, I'm like, when is the point? No, I know. What Wait, is the punchline? Okay, one? so you forgot that okay. you were talking about so, you can't type and you're in school. So I can't type and I'm in school. And so I have actually really nice penmanship. Mm. In fact, one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten was somebody that I work with said, you know, your penmanship could be turned into a font. Wow. And I thought that was pretty cool. But anyway, I had a friend named Monica who was wonderful and her husband was one of the commanders of one of the squadrons on base. So he was one of the people who actually had a computer in his house because they had to learn how to use computers. And so she wanted to learn how to use the computer, but she needed like a reason to do it in her head. She needed a reason to do it. So she said, I'll tell you what, you write your papers and I'll type them all for you on the computer. And I said, are are you sure? And she's like, oh yeah, I, I want to do it because I want to learn. This is really helping me. So she used to type all my things for me on the computer so I could then turn them in. Mm. And so I remember one night you asked me how it felt to try to do all those things. I was taking um, two, three credit classes, um, you know, for my uh, master's master's degree. And one night I was sitting at the kitchen table. You guys were in bed. Dad was upstairs in bed. And then he came downstairs and he said, when are you coming to bed? You have to get up for work tomorrow. And, you know, he didn't like mince words and make it all pretty. And I said, "Um, I know, but I'm trying to write this paper and it's like five questions and, you know, it's worth so many points and blah, blah, blah. And And I actually broke down and started to cry. Like I was crying at the kitchen table, like with my sobbing, with my head in my my hands. And he he looks at me and he goes, all right, knock it off. Let's just go to bed. You'll do fine. Get up in the morning, finish it before class, and you'll be fine. And you know what? He was right. I went to bed. I fell asleep. I went to work the next day, that afternoon. I um, finished the paper. Monica typed it, <laughs> handed it to me as I was ready to drive, you know, 45 minutes to class. And don't you know, what do you think I got on that paper? A B plus. No, I did not. What? I got all the points available. There you go. I, oh, it's funny how um, that kind of stuff passes itself down, uh, even if subconsciously, because, you know, Mia's going through a similar thing right now. She's not that far off from how old you were when you were doing that. She's going back to school. She's also got a job. And sometimes, yeah, she'll be have a long day of work and then she'll be stressed out trying to do schoolwork and she'll be crying. And I'll be like, hey, 
Can't you just like wake up in the morning and do it? Like, uh, I mean, can't you like email your teacher, tell them what's going on, ask for an extra day? Like, you're going to be fine. There's no point stressing about this. And, uh, you know, it's the same kind of thing. And so I, w- I wish that I didn't inherit uh, Barry's brashness, but it seems that I probably did. I think you probably did. What were the kids? What were Steven and I into around that time? Was I playing sports already? Were we already starting to play sports? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, you guys played baseball. Mm-hmm. Because what, third grade you would have played? Um, maybe third grade is coach's pitch and maybe fourth grade is when I was nine years old is when I started Little League. Yeah, and then Steven played also. Yeah, I was on the Cardinals in coach's <laughs> pitch and mm-hmm. I got best defenseman that year. And my dad said, don't let it go to your head. Everybody <laughs> else was really bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and he said, you got best defenseman because you can't hit. Who said that? Dad did. Oh, he did? That's how, this is how my father used to inspire me. You got best <laughs> defenseman because you can't hit. Hmm. All right, thanks. Well, Dad. but but you guys also play basketball, you know, like at the youth center mm-hmm. in in the intramural leagues, and you also played. I don't think you played soccer. Your brother? No, no I wasn't playing. soccer. Your brother oh, played, I played soccer. soccer. I you didn't played like soccer, it. but you didn't like it. Yeah, Your brother played soccer, and he loved it. And then you guys bowled every Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, for years, people don't know that. Like, if you grow up on an Air Force base, you learn to bowl. Please, you guys each had your own bowling balls. I still have it, the mud ball. <laughs> it's at home. You know, we had your initials engraved in it. Yeah. You know, because you guys were left-handed, you had really special bowling balls. Well, they were left-handed bowling balls. You know. But that said, yeah, when I go bowling now as an adult, people go like, "What the fuck? You like actually bowl?" Because, and I'm like. <laughs> Bro, I grew up in Alaska on an Air Force base. There was nothing to do except bowling on Saturday mornings. So that's what mm-hmm. we did. Even all the way into high school, that's like where where we would go get drunk. Like I would have <laughs> A.B. buy us pitchers of beer and hide them in the bathroom, you know? Oh, don't tell me those things. I did not know that. Yeah, well, now you do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that year of third grade, is that your first full-time job in Alaska then? That's or, or that's your second because you taught kindergarten well, as well? Well, kindergarten, I didn't start that until um, March. Yeah. So that was, you know, that was... It felt temporary. It like, yeah, it felt temporary. Yeah. It was temporary. So did this seem like your first uh, bit of job security? Yes. Joined a union and stuff? Yeah, well, I was part of the union and it felt like job security. Yeah. And so I taught third grade that year. And then the next year, I got to go back to Anderson Elementary, which was the school where I taught kindergarten. And those schools were joined by a halt by yeah. a breezeway. Yeah, my first four years of school were, or five years of school, because right. kindergarten, first, yeah. second, yeah, yeah, yeah. third, fourth, were all basically in the same building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And as luck would have it, at the end of that third grade year, um, somebody left to go to another school. And I ended up getting that second grade position. And so I taught second grade, still working on my master's. Because it took me, I think, three years, uh, maybe yeah, two and a half years, three years to finish. And, um, and it was a lot of work. And it was so intense. Why elementary counseling? Like, why is that what you wanted to get your master's in? <laughs> you know, when I was... 21, almost 22 years old, I was getting ready to graduate from college. And one of the things that we had to do as a preparation to graduate was write what we would really like to do, you know, in our lifetime. And I wanted to be an elementary school teacher, but I really wanted to be an elementary school counselor. Why? Did you have like a good school counselor or something? We didn't even have a school counselor. I was going to say, that seems like... 
when I said that back in 1976, there were barely any elementary school counselors. I mean, there were high school counselors to help kids, you know, get into college and whatnot, but there weren't. But the reason that I wanted to be was because I had wished that there was an elementary counselor in my building Mm. when I was young. Because of what you guys went through when you were kids. Yeah, because of what we went through when we were kids. And I wished that I just had like another adult to talk to, a different adult to talk to. Yeah, right, right. That maybe knew other kids who were going through what I was going through, whatever. That's funny because I've always teased you about, oh, you wanted to go into some sort of psychology to figure out what's wrong with you. And you've always (laughs) denied that. But lo and behold, it seems that the root of that is actually sort of true. Like you wish there were somebody to help you when you were a kid. And so that's what you became. And so I guess I wanted to be able to help kids who are going through, you know, difficult times. And and if you guys are wondering exactly what she's talking about, we go into this pretty heavily in in the very first episode we did, which was way back in like probably 2013 or 14. You can go back in the playlist and and check it out. So anyway, I couldn't believe it. I was actually going to be an elementary school counselor. That's what I wanted to be. Yeah. Was that a new major or was that like a, was that a pretty common major in a lot of colleges to get your master's degree in? Uh, Were there other oh, people majoring okay. in the same thing as you? Here's what happened. So, and thanks to my sister, I had to take three classes in order to get my, um, well, I had to take more than three classes, but I had to take three classes to get my Alaska certification because I had a certification in Pennsylvania, which was not reciprocal with Alaska. I have a Texas teaching certificate, which is not reciprocal with Alaska. So I had to get an Alaska teaching certificate. So I had to take an Alaska kind of, you know, history course. Um, and then I had to take a multicultural course and then I could take one thing of my choice. And so my sister said to me, you know what? You always wanted to be a counselor. Why don't you just take like an intro to counseling, a guidance counseling course? And I said, you know what? That's a good idea. So I take this intro to counseling course and they were just about to, you know, close down that counseling program at UAF because uh, I guess there wasn't enough interest or I don't remember the actual reason, but I think maybe there wasn't. And here comes Karen Shainer to save the program. But then I met these really cool people in this intro class And we were all like, yeah, we want this to be our major. Some were secondary, you know, and some were elementary. And so we became a cohort. And then they continued on with the program. No shit. For many years, many more years. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that was interesting. I met met some really good friends. In fact, still friends today. Uh, Was the job market for elementary school counselors competitive? Yeah. Did it seem realistic that one of them, one of those positions would open up or was it just like as luck may have it? I think it was as luck may have it because once somebody gets into that position, if they like it, they stay until they retire. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Like I was in my position for mm -hmm, 23 years. Right. And so I remember when, when I was in there, people were starting to say to me like, you know, other people kind of want to get in here. Let me know when you're going to retire. And I'm like, no, I'm not ready to retire yet. But people wait to try to get those jobs. So how did luck have it that you got it? Like you got that job like a year after you got your master's degree or something, didn't you? I did. So you're teaching second grade at that point. And I mean, I've moved on to fourth grade by that point. Right. Right. And so what happens? Okay. So 
Marjean Brody and I were teaching third grade together. She was your third grade teacher. R.I.P. Miss Brody. That's one of my best teachers ever. I know. She was an awesome person. So the year that I went to second grade, the elementary counseling position opened up for Anderson Pinnell. And Marjean had her degree in counseling. So she had... Oh, Miss Brody did? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she had seniority. And so she ended up interviewing for that counseling job and ended up getting that counseling job. Meanwhile, I went to second grade. Okay. So... Oh, and then she passed away and that's how you got it? Well, before that, when I was teaching second grade, she became ill and had to take a a quarter off. So a quarter of the school year. And so because... I had my master's. The two principals said, let's have Karen, you know, sub as, sub the, counselor. as the counselor. And then they um, hired somebody to sub for me yeah. in second grade. And then she came back for the last quarter. And then we overlapped the first week of the last quarter. I went back to my second grade classroom. She went back to being a counselor. And then... Um, I got a call. I was back. We were back in Pennsylvania. No, we were in Delaware at the time. We were at Todd's house. Oh, were we? Yeah, because I remember you told me when I was in the shower at Todd's house. Is that where? Oh, I thought we were at Todd's house. For some reason, I'll never forget that. Like, this was one of those moments where, like, death, learning about death as a child. And I was in the shower, Uh and you you were like, oh, Lee, I have some bad news. Miss Brody died, and I just, like... Lost my shit. You were just heartbroken. Yes. So, and she died on the 4th of July. Yeah. That was sad. It was very sad. So, because I had, because I was already on staff Mm -hmm. and because I had worked with both of those principals, so they both knew me and they both knew what I was, you know, what I would do, what I was like. And because I got to sub for her, um, somebody from central office, you know, from human resources called me um, while we were back east Mm -hmm. and asked me, if I would like that position that they weren't going to interview anybody else because I was on staff. So it was like kind of just like a move within the building. Yeah, yeah. So I asked, silly me, I was supposed to have um, a student teacher that coming school year. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, I'm supposed to have a student teacher and I met her and she's so nice. And, you know, I I really would like to have the student teacher. Um, Can I, how long do I have to think about it? And she said, well, I forget if she said 24 or 48 hours, something like that. Well, by the end of the phone call, you know, I said, yes, I'll take the counseling position because who knows whenever that opportunity well, also, would it's have come up again. That's got to be better pay, right? No, it's still teacher pay. Oh, same pay. And it's all based on um, years of experience and then how many, like if you have your master's degree, you get more money. Yeah, because you always used to like be, I'm master's plus 32. I have 32 <laughs> extra credits beyond my master's because that's the most money I can make. And so you always make sure that you had- master's plus 36. Whatever. You always had plus 36. <laughs> yep. be, like, and so I worked- n- Not a credit over. So No. Oh, I have I, like I know, I'm just kidding. master's plus probably like 70 by now. Why, don't, why didn't you get a PhD? I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, you know, I just... Didn't want to write a book or I you can't I didn't want to write a thesis. I can't have a thesis. That's the only reason. What a fucking lazy ass. I know. You got enough class. You've you've got like a, a enough schooling hours to have like four PhDs. I know. Every time I talk to this woman, she's like, "Oh, I'm on my way to school. I'm going to take another class." I'm like, "You've been retired for six fucking years. Why are you taking classes still?" Well, and you know what? When I go home this time, I I need I'm going to do twenty continuing education units Jesus. before October twenty eighth. Because I paid some money, and so now I can get as many the as I want for free. The fact that you've tried so hard not to learn how to type. <laughs> 
is the only reason you don't have a PhD. What a what a jerk. No, that's not really true. But then I became a licensed professional counselor also. So that's a lot of things to take classes for and keep up because everything was on a different schedule. That third grade year was very formative for me because like just the year before when you were subbing sometimes and, and when I was in second grade before you got oh yeah before mm-hmm. you got the kindergarten job full time, right. you would be my substitute sometimes. Oh, yeah. And we would show up together and I, you'd be like, what do you uh, do? Can I call you mom? Do I have to call you Mrs. Mom? Like, what did I say? I can't remember, but I would just call you mom and people in the class would all snap their neck over me like, you called her mom? I'm like, that is my mom. Yeah, but you know what? By the end of the day, half of the class was calling me mom then. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but in third grade, for real, that year um, with Mrs. Brody as my teacher, mm-hmm. that was really a, a year that I just like really loved school. You, you did. know. But also that was the year that I got into GT, which you mentioned and which I mentioned a lot on this podcast. And I actually just mentioned it in an intro a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. because gifted and talented programs are actually based in systemic racism, which I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I didn't know that until just a few weeks ago. But I was like die hard about wanting to get into GT. So tell that story just because it's kind of funny. Okay. (laughs) So, so, So Lee's in third grade. He figures out that other kids are getting taken out of class. He asked people, where are they going? Where are they going? You know? So he, he ends up finding out about the gifted and talented program. And so he says to the gifted and talented teacher, well, I'm as smart as they are. I should be in that program. I think program. I said smarter. I said, I'm smarter than them. You might have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so this is more toward the end of the year, right? So then the, so then the very beginning of fourth grade, um, the GT teacher calls me at home in the evening. And I, I was actually upstairs sitting on my bed reading for one of my college classes and the phone rings and it was her. And we were on the phone for quite some time and she was telling me that you did a self-referral <laughs> for the gift and talented Because usually a teacher needs to refer you, right? Yes, typically, yeah. typically a teacher. But I was like, fuck that. These teachers are sleeping on your boy. <laughs> She said, your, your son did a self-referral to the Gifted and Talented program. Mind you, I had already won the spelling bee that year. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was gassed up. And in the city-wide spelling bee, I got the furthest out of my school, you know. Oh, and you know what? This is so funny. I was just looking through some files that Nani had, and one of them was called Lee's Folder. Yeah. And in there was one of the spelling bee certificates. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. I was funny. crushing. That just happened the other day. Um, so anyway, she calls me at home and she said, Lee really wants to be tested for the gift and talent program. And I'm like, mm, nah, I think we're good. You know, he You're does- like, nah, that shit's racist. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> I did not say that. I didn't. And really, you know. We didn't know that. Oh, well, I didn't, because we talked I didn't about it on the phone. That. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. And so this is, this is all new, news to me. Right. So- she she had to like talk me into, you know. Why didn't you think it was important? I just I felt like you were doing such a great job in school, and your dad and I actually tried to do a lot of things with you guys outside of school, uh-huh. and so I I just didn't feel like the need for but also that. weren't. Uh, a couple of teachers suggesting that I s- skip grades at certain points, and you're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, nah. <laughs> Why? Because I felt like you you were already young. Yeah. And I already and I felt like you should be with your peers. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you remember this or not. Since your birthday's in July, 
I was always the youngest you kid. You were always the youngest kid. Yeah. So I remember everybody got their ID card before you. Uh, yeah. And you had to wait till the whole next summer. And you were like, oh, I yeah. wish I had my ID card. Military ID card. If for ki- you, don't, you don't get an, a military ID card till you're 10 till years you're old. 10. That's, like, that's like the elementary school version of getting your driver's license when you live on an Air Force base. Right. So, so then, when you remember... You know, when you could, everybody got their permit for their permit when they were 14, and you had to wait till like the whole next summer. A lot of my friends got their driver's license when they were sophomores. I didn't get mine till junior year. It was right before your junior year, the summer before your junior year. And so everything was, you know, a little bit longer. And people were saying to me, like in the very beginning, oh, are you going to, you know, are you going to start him in school? I mean, you know, sometimes boys don't mature as quickly as girls do. Yeah. Maybe you, I was you, always the smallest kid in my class, too. You, uh-huh. What's funny now is as an adult, mm-hmm. all my friends that were much bigger than me in school, I'm way bigger than them now. I know. You You didn't start really growing, growing until... Until I was in college, really. And, yeah, like I, I, mean, had a, I was going to say you were like 17 or 18. Yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely was like a late bloomer because of that, like basically a full year behind. But then people were also saying maybe skip him a grade. Right. But but the reason, uh, there was no way I was ever going to not put you in kindergarten when you turned five because my word, you you were talking in sentences. I know you think that I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. When you were 18 months old, you were already talking in sentences. I I mean, it was crazy. And I had bars too back then. I already had them bars. And you had some kind of vocabulary, I'll tell you that. That's right. Mm. So, yeah, you ta- the teacher talks you into letting me take the test. Yes, and then you qualify, you know, for the program. Swimmingly, I'm sure. But then that reminds me of another funny story. Because, like, third grade, I think, is really the year that I started just, like, uh, realizing that maybe adults weren't as smart as they think they are, you Ooh. know? And so... Miss Brody, like we mentioned, was sick. She had skin cancer, and so she was sometimes having a sub for a long time. Mrs. <sighs> Miss something, I can't remember her name, but oh man, I did not like her because I loved Miss Brody so much with my whole heart that when some imposter came into her classroom, I said, This bitch is not getting my respect. She is no Miss Brody. I know Miss Brody, and you, madam, are not her. <laughs> Wait, you love Miss Brody so much yeah. that when it was her birthday, mm-hmm. we had to bake. Birthday cake, uh, birthday cupcakes for the whole class, so you could take them into her. That's how much of a kiss ass I was oh for Miss Brody. God, I loved Miss Brody. Her. You know what? One time I asked Miss Brody what a prostitute is. Do you know what? that? Yeah, <laughs> you don't know this story. Oh she might not have told you this. No. So, well, uh, in re- <laughs> oh, people protect me. It, 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 no, because in recess. Uh, in recess, some kid tackled me and was like, yeah, you, you know, you, you're a little kid. You say things, you don't know what it means. And so some kids like tackled me and he was in fourth grade. I was in third grade mm-hmm. and he was like being a bully or some, something for some reason and goes, yeah, you're a prostitute. And I was like, <laughs> what, what is that? And so I went in and I'm like, Miss Brody, what's a prostitute? I, somebody called me that on the, on the, uh, playground. And she was like. I can't tell you what that is. You'll have to ask your mother. <laughs> and I said, well, if I have to ask her, I'm not asking my mom. Fuck that. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, back to the... So, that uh, substitute that came in, at one point, we're doing a history lesson or whatever, social studies, whatever you call it. And uh, she was like, okay, I'm going to give everybody an extra credit assignment where you have to just write down all 50 states and their capitals on this worksheet. And I went... What is this? I know I've known this for like f- four years now. I'm like, there's no reason for me to write this down, and I have a hundred and two percent or something. I had like an A plus in or an S plus, whatever it was in elementary school. In social studies, I was like, if this is extra credit, 
I don't need this extra credit. So what I'm going to do is pull out one of my books from my desk. I'm going to pull out one of my choose your own adventure books. And for this half hour that everybody else is doing this dumb assignment, I'm going to read. And the teacher went, well, Lee, you should participate and do this assignment. And I said, but you said it's extra credit, extra, and you said it's optional. And optional means I have a choice of whether or not I want to do it. And I don't want to do it because I don't need the extra credit. So I'm going to read. And she was like, no, you know what? For you, it's not optional. And I was like, what? Or something. And so, oh, man, I was so mad. You were so mad. And then I heard later that she approached you in the hallway and said something to you. Well, actually, you know, we <laughs> we called Mrs. Brody. And said something. Oh, that's right. To her about what yeah, happened I that I day. Snitched, I snitched to Miss Brody. I said, "Hey, Miss Brody." I was like, "This teacher told me that it was optional, and then she yep. reneged and said it wasn't optional." Yeah. And Miss Brody was like, "She shouldn't have done that to you." And you don't have to do that. That's right. I was like, "You're goddamn right, Miss Brody. Thank you." So you know, because that happened, then yeah. the bone to pick was. You, he needs to follow my directions because I'm the one who's... You skipped the part. So what happens is that substitute sees you because you're teaching third grade that year as right. well. She stops you in the hallway and says, Mrs. Shaner, I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> or with Lee. Did you say with with Lee. Lee. I have a bone to pick with Lee. And I had never heard that phrase. And uh-huh. so to this day, that phrase always sticks out <laughs> in my head. Is like, that's what that that's what I associate it with. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, that you that, that, that you didn't hear that before. I had never heard that phrase before. I, was, I said, what does, what does that mean, a bone yeah. to pick? And you're she like, it's was, a phrase. She was not happy with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And so what did you do? Were you like mortified? Oh my God. Mortified. Yes, I was mortified uh, because I just wanted you to behave and follow directions and you always wanted to speak your mind. <laughs> I've never been a like follow directions no, person. No, I know. So. But look how life worked out. I didn't follow directions. It's doing good. Yes. Thank God. Um, so. I'm, I might have said this in a previous podcast, but I don't remember. But just because of what you just said, do you remember when you were in second grade and on participation, you got an S minus? And so, you know, I knew the teacher. So I said to him when we were talking about your report card, so Lee got an S minus in participation. He's, Which is like getting an A minus. He, Everything not, else was S plus. He, he's, not, he's not participating. And he says... Oh no, <laughs> just the opposite. He is always participating. In fact, he likes to participate more than anybody else and tries to participate more than anybody else. And he needs to learn to give other people a chance to participate. That's there, why you should have been skipping there grades. Four. Bro. <laughs> he got an S minus. And I said, Oh, I'm glad I talked to you about that because I would have never thought in all my years that that's what an S minus meant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you were an over over participator that year, and I remember specifically what Mr. Kramer was talking about because I was in a special <laughs> reading class at that point, and he was trying to have kids in the. I, I, one day I got stuck in their normal reading class. He was trying to have kids recite the vowels, oh, and it was like everybody was struggling, and I was going, "Dude, a e i o u." Sometimes why? What's wrong with you guys? Like, <laughs> goddamn, I couldn't take it. He couldn't take it. That's so funny. Um, so when I'm in fourth grade. You get your dream job. I get my dream. Is that job. What, that's what happens, right? You you got your you got your master's when I was in third grade. Mm, yeah, I finished like right after third grade. Yeah. Over that summer, that's when we find out that Ms. Brody passes, mm-hmm. which I honestly did not realize that's how you got the job. Loki, kind of upsetting to me. <laughs> I mean, that like bums me out, kind of that like my that my favorite teacher died, and that's how you got your job. That's crazy to me. I did not know that. You, 
How did you not know? That? Or, or maybe I've blocked it out or something. I just didn't. I don't. I never put that well, together. Well, I'll tell you what. Everyone loved her. She was the so best. So I was very nervous actually going into that job because yeah. everybody loved her. Big shoes to fill. Very much so. So what's your first year on the job like? Oh, well, let me just go back to exhausting again because we I had two schools that were joined by a breezeway. But you know, when one thing was happening in one school and you were assigned to the other school, then you're always playing catch up. Because I was at one school for three days and the other school for two days, but the principals knew each other and they knew that I would be flexible with them. So when one so I wasn't at one school like I was at Anderson for two full days, but then one day I was at Pinnell the full time and another day I so I'm traveling back and forth. So you're always trying to play catch up, and I probably had. I'll bet you 750 kids because I think we had 500 and something at at um, Anderson, 525, 550 back then. We were a big school. And that was just K through three. And, I mean, K through two. And then in grades three and four, we always had like 200 or 200 plus. So I had like over 700 kids. How many of these kids are you remembering like names to face? What percent? Oh, I was so fantastic with names. I could remember... I could remember every kid's first and last name. That's I mean, crazy. I just could do it. All 700. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, and I, and I would remember their parents too. But here's what I used to do. In the very beginning of the year, I would go into the classroom and I would introduce myself as mm-hmm. a counselor and what a counselor does. And I had this whole little gimmicky thing that I did. And then I would have the kids sit down, like either in their chairs or on the floor, and I would have them tell me their first name. And then I would have to repeat their first name. And I would do like five kids and then repeat those five and then add five more, or repeat those 10. And then after I got them all, I would do it like back, you know, backwards mm. in the line. And then they got to like move around to see if I really could remember their names. And so that's, I did that every year. Do you want to hear something interesting about me that you probably don't know is that while I was rapping Mm -hmm. and I would play shows, Mm -hmm. groups of people would approach me after the show to say, oh, hey, what's up? Like, whatever. You know, the the whole Mm -hmm. people were at the show and want to shake hands and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, groups of five, six, seven people sometimes would come up to me and I would Mm -hmm. ask everybody what their names were Mm -hmm. and they would go, oh, you're not going to remember that. And then at at the end, after we were done with our pleasantries, five minutes later or whatever, mm-hmm. I would recite everybody's name the same way, and I, but I would do it backwards. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like I to, never I'd be that. like, "Oh yeah, well, you're John, you're Aaron, you're this, you're that, whatever," and and people would be blown away by that, and um, and that's probably like some weird thing that I picked up from you because you used to tell me to try to remember things with like visuals and mm-hmm. stuff, or like you know, come up with like uh, some kind of a mnemonic, device yeah, mnemonic or device. That's what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And so anyway, I used to do the same fucking thing as an adult to fans at shows mm-hmm. try to remember their name because i figure if you can make people are only going to remember how you make them feel yes and if you make them feel like they were seen mm-hmm. by remembering their name mm-hmm. then there it is they're gonna they're gonna be a fan forever but beyond that then next time i would see them at a show i'd already know their name too and i mean to this day there's kids that used to come to shows where i see them on fucking twitter or whatever and i'm like oh uh-huh. i know this guy <laughs> yeah. that's so funny that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, it carries yeah. over. And you know, at your wedding reception dinner, yeah. remember when when you heard 
when I was back there with like me as friends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing all that. I said we were doing that there. <laughs> yeah, that, there we go. So what's it like being the counselor at school with both of your boys in the school? Because I'm in fourth grade and Stevens in second grade at that or f- f- first grade. Yeah, so, yeah. When he, you yeah first and fourth. So both of your boys are just on opposite sides of the hall. What's that uh-huh. like? Well, it was a little nerve wracking because I always wondered like. Oh my gosh, if they get in trouble, I'm right here and I'm going to find out about it right away. And then what kind of reflection is that on me? And holy cow, I'm a counselor. What are they going to be thinking? Uh, so. I mean, that was one of the main yelling points when we would get in trouble was like, you're ruining my reputation. If I can't make you kids behave, what are they? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> As if I was going to make you behave. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a little nerve wracking because I was always worried about you know, what, what are people going to think? You know, they're going to think that I don't know anything that I'm talking about. And so um, that was that was basically it. And so even though I was a bit of a rapscallion and, and like a know-it-all and such, and I felt like I was a troublemaker, I don't think I was that much of a troublemaker. Was Steven a bigger troublemaker when he was in kindergarten and first grade than I was? Hmm. Well, you guys were very different in school. You You, you liked... You liked reading. You liked vocabulary. And, I mean, I think you – did you like math? I, I, I mean, I it mean, was fine. You, you were fine. I mean, you did great in it, but I, I was always – I always got reader. a's. You were more of a reader. Yeah. You were more of a language arts kind of a person and an artsy kind of a person. I mean, I was both sides of the brain. Like, I was yeah. just as good at math as I was at reading, but I wasn't as interested in math yeah. as I was as, in Whereas reading. he didn't have as much interest in reading. He was, you know, he was more interested, like, in math-type things. Mm-hmm. So it was just very different. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, you know, also what was kind of difficult, do you remember when I would have to come in and talk about um, personal safety, like no go and tell in case somebody touches you in a way that they don't <laughs> No, I don't remember that. I probably blocked it out. You probably did. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like a little, I don't know, embarrassing a little when your kids are in the room, you know, when you're talking. Look, Lee, if anybody diddles you, no go and tell. And then also when I came in to do like any kind of classroom presentations, then I had to always, you know, check myself. Don't call on your own kid every time they have their hand up. Make sure you're calling on, you know, spreading spread it out. And so always, like, thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro- probably trying to be politically correct even before that term politically correct was a term. We don't use that term because politically correct is GOP propaganda. Okay, we're not using that term. That's okay. <laughs> um, what's it like as a mother of two— figuring out your boys' personalities when seemingly they're so different. Because as kids, I just feel like Stephen and I were... Oh, you were very oil, different. Oil and water. Yeah, you, you were know. very different. And so what's it like figuring out those two personalities? At one day at a time. Yeah. I just never knew what to expect. And some days you guys would get along and other days you didn't. And then some things I would try, you know, behaviorally with you would work, but then they wouldn't work (laughs) 
with your brother. Some of the things you made us do to try and make, agree with each other was just, were no. so bogus. Okay, so what's your what's your favorite funny one? I have my favorite funny one. The fu- like I only remember one outlandish thing that you tried to do to make us get along with each other, or it was slash punishment. <laughs> but it's when you made us sit in kitchen chairs yes. across That's from each favorite. other and compliment each other. <laughs> no, you had to say th- or s- you say each nice had things. to say three nice things about That's each a other. Yeah. Well, okay, and so. <laughs> so being who you are and being who Steven is, um, y- you guys were sitting across, and you figured out right away that I didn't have the chairs far enough apart because you started kicking Steven each other with your feet. probably started kicking me. <laughs> so, I, I was not a violent so person. So I had to move you guys apart more. And then... Um, and then you, <laughs> That's funny. you gave it the first, you know, compliment, the first nice thing. And then, he, you know, he probably refused. He, I, he I, did refuse. I, I, and so I barely remember this, but I just, I do remember. You said, th- just say, blah, exactly. blah, blah. I remember <laughs> figuring it out and going like, look, you don't have to mean it. You just have to say <laughs> something to say. and then we're done. You know, real or simulated respect. <laughs> That's it. Act as if, as Act you as used to if. say. That's what I used to say. Yeah. So I was probably like giving him his answers like. <laughs> And and by the time you guys got to the third one, you were both laughing and everything was fine. Because it was so stupid. Well, you know, sometimes <laughs> stupid things work. I don't know. Um, what was dad up to around that time? Because I know we're talking a lot about you, but I'm sure you were a part of his growth through the Air Force as well and trying to probably push him along to tr- to work harder or something. Because he, he wasn't a very motivated dude from my memory. No, he was very motivated to play sports. Right. So that's what he was motivated to do. <laughs> yeah, he and he was playing all the sports, but like that doesn't make you any extra money when you're in the Air Force. Mm, no. Yeah. But he was good at his job. Yeah. Like he was really good at his job. And people will still stop me today and tell me, "Oh, your dad did my stitches." Your, your and, husband. Uh, your dad. Yeah. yeah my husband. Yeah. Your husband did my stitches and you know, "Oh, my knee looks great." Or, or he's the only one that could hit a vein. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they they still compliment me on how good he was at his job, but he he was happy with the job that he had. Although he did go back to you know through the Air Force, did go back to school. To, he was a medic, yeah. but then went back to school to become an independent duty medical technician, which is the next higher level up. Uh. And so um, you know that that was really good. That was really good for him. But what about like raising ranks? Was that important to him? It was definitely more important to me than it was to him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I would always encourage him to study, yeah. you know, and... and Because each time you climb a rank, you... You get more money. You get more money, right? Yeah, yeah, you get more money. And in the end, you get more for retirement. Right. You know, so... But your dad, you know, he... That didn't... That, the, That's not what inspired no, him. No, he was not inspired by those things. They, they didn't phase him. As long as he could go to work and as long as he could get paid and as long as he could play sports and as long as he could do stuff with you guys and play sport, you know, coach your sports. Yeah. And he could go hunting and fishing. He was happy. And it's so wild to me to keep hearing you say sports, 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 because it's funny. As a kid, I really did care a lot about sports. And as an adult, I couldn't give two shits. So like... I know, which is funny to me because... Because Steven is still very involved in athletics. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He coaches and everything. And I I just kind of like went the opposite route. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I would have never guessed. I thought like, oh, by now, oh, yeah, I'll be coaching my kid in baseball. I'll be playing men's league, whatever. And it just didn't work out that way but yeah barry was like softball basketball uh flag football fucking volleyball 
Tennis. Tennis. Swimming. Like, how the fuck did he even learn tennis? He was a poor person growing up. That's like a rich kid's sport. I don't know, but he was a good tennis player. Did I ever tell you that? I mean, well, being nat- being tall makes you, like, naturally a bigger threat as a tennis player, too. And he was 6'6". Oh. Six. So, yeah, like, six, all six, the pros are, like, very, very tall. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He played every sport. In fact, um... What grade were you in when we moved to the house? Fifth. I, I was just starting fifth grade. Okay. I was like 11. Okay. So we were moving like at the end of the school year. So it was like kind of May and, you know, we had school, it was the end of school and then we were going to have a garage sale um, where we lived on base so we could get rid of some stuff so we didn't have to move it to the house that we were going to move into. And so um, dad was supposed to help with the garage sale. And, you know, you and Steven really did help me with the garage sale. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember, like, selling my He-Man to people and shit like that and really mm-hmm. trying to sell it. Like, no, you don't understand. This is a very rare toy. <laughs> yeah. And so so Dad ended up not being able to help with the garage sale that day. Do you remember that? No. Okay. Because the vice president of the United States. Oh, this is that. Yeah, this yeah. is that. Yeah. The vice president of the United States. Um, Dan Quayle at the time. Yes. Who was famous for not being able to spell potato. What? <laughs> was coming to, was making a stop at Isleson Air Force Base. And so what they did on the base was they got a group of people together um, who were good basketball players. They got a group of people who, you know, played ba- uh, uh, golf, a group of people who did this, that, and other, all these sports. So then when he came up, he could pick what did he want to do, right. you know, as like what kind, of, kind of activity did he want to do. And so he chose basketball. And so your dad got to play basketball with the vice president of the United States. And to hear your dad tell it, he, what do you call it? Snuffed the ball? No, oh, not no. snuffed. No. So what do you call it? Stuffed. Stuffed the ball. No, he's, he no. stuffed him. He's blo- oh, he's, he blocked he him. Blocked he, him. He, he blocked him. Like the legend has it that Dan Quayle went up for a layup <laughs> and my dad being like almost probably a full foot taller than him, <laughs> like pins it against the backboard basically, like stuffs him, blocks his shot. And so in his, in his uh, obituary, I tried to put like, you know, Barry was the, uh, you know, a, a athlete, a constant athlete, played all these sports, blah, 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 blah. Legend has it. He viciously stuffed Dan Quayle one and time. And I said And my no. mom nixed it and wouldn't let me use that language, even though that's hilarious. And so we, I tamed it down and put that he like blocked one of Dan Quayle's shots. Um, but yeah, because apparently like after he blocked the vice president, all of his friends are like, Barry, what the fuck are you doing? Like, chill out. That's the VP, man. Which is hilarious. Yeah. So you and Steven and I did a garage sale while your dad played basketball with the vice president. That's funny. I didn't know that. So that that's my life in yeah. a nutshell. We'll talk about um, buying a house because that's something that hopefully I'll be doing in the next couple of years. I know that you guys had already previously owned a house in Texas, but when we moved to Alaska, we lived on base, which I don't know if that's like what you had planned to do or, or what you were used to doing. Well, A, we had never lived on a base before. Which I loved because I liked that sense of community and living in a neighborhood and I could bike to my friend's house and stuff. Oh, yeah. So when you guys. felt so much safer. So then your dad didn't want to live on base anymore. Why? You know, too many rules. Uh, Yeah, because he used to get mad about having to pick up the dog uh, shit. You know, if you had two two pieces of poop in the yard, you would get written up. If your fence wasn't white enough. Oh, my gosh. One day um, we left the front porch light on and got written up for that. (laughs) You know, and then we were celebrating his birthday one night. We were all out 
um, you know, on our back patio and 10 o'clock was quiet hours. And it was like 10.02 and the police came over and said, you know, you need to take this inside because somebody called and complained, you know. And you guys were like low-key party animals. Our house was the fucking party <laughs> house. Real talk. <laughs> it was. Yeah. We were low-key party animals. Yeah. yeah I mean... Your dad actually loved having a lot of people at the house. Yeah, social gatherings. Yeah, and you know we had we had a lot of good friends. Yeah, we had a lot of good friends. And I know that you always say that I'm not a good cook, but I used to cook a lot, <laughs> and especially <laughs> you can, I now that's I say that with a stipulation. I say my mom's not a good cook except for Italian food. I think your Italian right. food is good. Mine is now better, but other than that, I know that's you'll, why you'll that's fuck why, up a pork chop. That's why. That's why we always had Italian when we yeah, had company. Yeah. And so... Well, and that's an easy thing to I cook mean, for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I would cook like huge pots of stuff and, and everybody loved it. But your dad liked to have people over... Barbecue. For barbecues because he liked to barbecue like you do. Yeah. And Stephen does too. I mean, all three of you are very excellent barbecuers. Mm-hmm. And so um, he loved to have people over. And if somebody was getting ready to PCS to move, you know, he'd say, hey, you know... Come and stay with us before you move, mm-hmm. and and so that was good. I mm-hmm. mean, I liked I liked it. Or so the fact that you guys like to party is what made you want to move off base. No, because now your your dad wanted to move off the base because you know it was too many restrictions. Right, because he wanted to party. <laughs> and so, so actually, I didn't even want to move to Alaska. Number one, me neither. Number two, I thought. If I can survive here for four years, that's that's going to be my limit, and then we're going someplace else. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to go to Europe. You know, I always wanted to get stationed in Europe, but your dad did not want to leave America. But then, oddly enough, who's the one who wanted to stay in Alaska after those four years? Me. Because you had a job. <laughs> because I had a job. I loved my job. I liked my friends. You guys had good friends. Mm-hmm. I felt like the school district was really good. And um, and I wanted to stay. So then your dad says, well, we're going to move. And I said, well, okay, you know, because by then I was ready, you know, to buy a house. If we were going to stay there for four more years, I thought, eh, might as well make an investment. Because he had gotten an extension. So we start, we start looking at houses together. And we, oh, I'm not exaggerating. We must have looked at 25 houses. I'm going to say we probably, dad and I probably looked at like 10 of them together. And you know, nothing was nothing was fitting, you know. And were they all in North Pole, or were some of them in Fairbanks? No, they were all in North Pole. Well, yeah. And we wanted to live in North Pole because we worked on the base. Yeah. And I think he had to be within a certain amount of he had to be able to get to work within a certain amount of minutes if anything happened if he had to like go someplace. And so, after about ten houses, your dad says to me, "You know what? You go look at all the houses you want to look at. When you find something you like." then I'll go with you the, the second time. Which is funny. Do you want to know the modern version of that? Huh. Mia looks at houses on Zillow and Trulia all fucking day online and <laughs> sends me a million houses. <laughs> and I go, babe, filter these. You send me the one that you actually think we can afford that you would live in. And then I'll look at that one. Don't be sending me all these dream homes. That's, I don't want to see it. That's so funny. Because your dad was like, you know, I want to move, but I don't want to go look at any more houses. Right. Just don't want to do it. Yeah. So anyway, when I saw the house that, you know, we lived in, you know, we bought, um, when we first moved to Alaska, I was out in that neighborhood because one of my one of my friends who was a teacher lived, you know, in that area. And I said, oh, my God, 
I'll never live back here. It's like in the woods. Nope. This would not be the place for me. Mm-hmm. And then four years later, what do I do? Buy a house there. It's funny because when you say you felt safe living on base, you just mean safe from like bears and moose probably. <laughs> Whereas like, <laughs> I thought you meant crime. No. Yeah. But you meant like safe from the wilderness. Yeah. Safe, safe from the wilderness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so, so anyway, they were redoing things in the house and, um, and so I walked in and I was like, oh, this, this could be it. I really like this one. It has really tall ceilings. You know, that'll be good for Barry. And it had lot, a big open, you know, first floor, which is nice. And I like, I, this was, I, I said, dear dad, when we have kids, you know, whenever we have kids, we are all sleeping on the same floor. Mm-hmm. I don't want them on the other side of the house. I don't want them you know, one upstairs, one downstairs. I don't know. It's just, I grew up, everybody slept on the same floor. I wanted all of us sleeping on the same floor. Mm. And so that was very important to me. And then it had that big basement. Mm-hmm. And I thought, and oh, your dad loved that big basement because then pool table down oh, there, God, darts basement. down there, you know, you guys had a Chinese ton. checkers down there, hopscotch <laughs> down there. It's covered in it's covered in preschool carpet, basically. Like the carpet that you'd see at a day walls. at the daycare center, you know. Yeah, and it's halfway up the wall, so you could never get rid of it if even if you wanted to. But that basement, yeah, shout out that basement. We did, we we lived dad's dream. We had a whole like fucking bar yeah. room down there, basically. We had a pool table, we had darts, and we had foosball. So by the oh, time, yeah, that's right. By the time Steven and I were of legal drinking age, we could beat everyone at every bar game. <laughs> yep. You know. And I mean, you know, we had a little refrigerator down there. Stereo and system. Stereo system. TV. TV yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's where the computer was mm-hmm. when we got one. Mm-hmm. I still have that computer. Mm-hmm. Um, of course you do. You never throw anything away. <laughs> I know. I'm trying. So when you saw that house, where you, you're like, that's the one. I'm thinking, this is the one. Now, there was another one that, you know, Dad and I liked. and But I know this sounds weird, but it was like too perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the wallpaper matched this and that matched the that. It was just too perfect for me. And so, and the rooms were smaller. They were more divided. And so... I took your dad to see this one, and at first he's like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. And then I took him back again, and he said, well, if this is the one you like, yeah, I think it'll this will be good. Let's see what we can do. Well, of course, when we're going through negotiations with the people, your dad has to go. Like, I don't know where he was, Anchorage or someplace. He was mm. gone for six weeks or mm. eight weeks or however many weeks he was gone. So here's me. You know, trying to do the the rest of the negotiating, then trying to call him. What do you think? What do you think? You know, whatever you think, Karen. Whatever you think. <laughs> I'm like. And didn't you guys buy this house for like a hundred and ten thousand dollars? I think it was like either one twenty two or one twenty five. Jesus Christ, that's so crazy. I know. I'm trying to save that much for a down payment. I know. It's on crazy. a house now. And so, yeah, we moved and I was, I just remember being pretty like bummed about it. Again, I, I yeah. being the cancer that I am, I just don't like moving. So I'd remember not wanting to move from Texas and yeah. then not wanting to move from base to North Pole, Yep, you know, and then once I was out of high school, I couldn't wait to move. <laughs> I know, After I was going to say, boy, boy, did things change. Yeah. But no, I was like very happy on base and all my friends lived on base and, and rightfully so. I was very scared. I was not going to see my friends as frequently. And, you know, honestly, during the summer, I didn't see my friends as frequently as I would have had I lived on base other right. than 
you know, during sports practices and shit like that. That's true because, you know, we you, were far. you got, when you guys were little, when we lived on base, I mean, you would go out in the morning and then you wouldn't you see would me come again. home for lunch. Sometimes. It, that's when if, I was if Jason's parents you, didn't, oh, well, you know? if somebody else wasn't feeding you yeah. and then you'd come home for dinner and go back out and play again until it was, until the lights came yeah. on. Yeah. Or I mean, the lights didn't come on because it was summertime. Yeah, it was summertime. But, yeah, I know. Yeah. But until, you know, until it was quiet time, 10 o'clock. Yeah. I remember you telling me when, when we were moving to North Pole and I'm crying about it going, I don't want to leave my friends. You're like, I, you sat me down. I promise you, no matter what, any time that you get bored, if you want me to drive you to base, <laughs> I will. I will drive you to base and I'll drop you off. And I went, yeah, fucking right. There's no way she'll did do I? it. No, you said that, <laughs> but hell no, you never did that. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think you guys spent a lot of time on base with your friends. But... um $122,000 loan or whatever it is seems so minuscule to me, but was it daunting for you guys at the time? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, this is so funny. There's another house that your dad and I liked. This is in what, 92? Um, 91. 91. There was another house that your dad and I liked. Yeah. And we would call it the 155 house yeah. because it was on sale. I mean, it was the asking price was $155,000. And that was like, out of our price range. And so we we liked the inside of it, but we didn't like that there were cottonwood trees all around it. Um, and the kitchen wasn't very big. And so, but we would always talk about, well, what about the 155 house? Yeah. <laughs> and so we really, like, 125 was a stretch. That's wild. I know. I can't believe, like, what has happened with real estate. And, yeah. and, and to think, think about it. It was on an acre and a half. Yeah. And then the house, you know. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, the house is, if it, if you were to take that house and plant it in the middle of Cal, or of Los Angeles, it's a $2 million house. It's that big. It's huge. It's way too much house for you to be living at by yourself already, but that's a conversation we'll have in a few more <laughs> podcasts. But yeah, the house is enormous for certain. It is. Yeah. So, but, but what happened was there was no real estate agent. The people were Air Force, and they were selling it themselves for sale by owner. Mm -hmm. And so they set a price, and we set another price, and we got like to the middle price, you know, that we could both agree on. And then at the very end, I don't know, they were saying, "Oh no, you know, we need it to be this price because, or you need to pay mm -hmm. this or something." I can't mm -hmm. even remember really what it was, but I remember this. I said to them. And they were they had orders, so they had to move. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? I talked to my husband, and we don't really have to move. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a place to live, mm -hmm. and we're not paying anything for our place <laughs> to live. And they're like, you guys are fucked. You need to move. <laughs> so, so do you want to sell this shit or so, not? You know, it, it's okay if you don't want to sell it to us, yeah. and it's okay. You realize you had the leverage. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so that's how it ended up. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Wow, bossed up. Not, I can't do that anymore, you know? Yeah. I, don't, I don't have that gumption. So how was moving into the spot then? Was moving a hassle or was it pretty easy? Well, actually, your dad started moving stuff over into the garage little by little. And then I remember moving day, he had a bunch of people come over to help. And I mean, you know me, I'm kind of a pack rat. Yeah, of course. And so I had a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so... They were just packing things up and taking things over. And in fact, when um, my I love my friends, Teresa and Sam Schroeder, uh -huh. when Teresa 
uh, came over and Sam came over, Teresa set up my whole kitchen. She said, okay, I'm just going to set up your kitchen. Do you care where anything goes? And I'm like, nope. And so to this very day, that's where everything everything is, is still in that same spot. <laughs> and she's left-handed like you and your brother. Yeah. And so, so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, since the house is so big, did you have enough furniture at first to fill it, or was it over time we filled up more oh, stuff? Oh, we filled it up over time. Oh, no, we didn't have enough furniture to fill it up right away. Yeah. We filled it up over time. Because when we moved in, um, Stephen and I were in bunk beds at, on base, mm-hmm. and what, did you guys just take them apart and put them in the separate rooms? Yep. We yeah. just put them up. And you were older, so you got the bigger room. Yeah, which was a nice room. Yeah, it was a very nice room. That one had two windows instead of just one, so it was yeah, very it was nice. two windows for girls to sneak into oh. when I was in high school. <laughs> what, what month did we move into that house? May, June. Yeah, because I think for of Christmas that year, you guys bought me like a big boy bed. And so <laughs> so like I graduated from a single, a, a broken down, a broken in half bunk bed that was a single bed <laughs> to, t- it. to where I got a full, a size, full size, a double, bed. yeah, a double. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I got to like pick my sheets out of oh. some catalog. Yeah. And, and I thought they were so cool because it was like a kind of a Native American print yes. type shit with yep. like uh, purple and copper and all these. And yes. I was like, oh, this will match my rug or like this will match my carpet. And, and um I thought I was like a young interior decorator, you know. And you you ordered your headboard. Yeah, the headboard. To this day, it's still probably the same fucking headboard. <laughs> or not? Maybe you got rid of that one. No, I still have it. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is cool. It was the bl- that black like wrought iron stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. We still have that. It's in the guest room. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. You never throw anything out. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Um, well. I know how we can wrap this up. How can we wrap this up? So we had a dog at that point named Thor, who was my childhood dog. Shout out Thor. Rest in peace, Thor. He was my big fur coat. He was a big fat dog. He wasn't fat. He was a dumpy fat dog. (gasps) He, he was. was he was not. pretty chunky. He looked like a small black bear more than a he dog. He did. He was like uh what was he, Mastiff? He, he was half Mastiff, a quarter black lab, and a quarter golden retriever. So he's like what? 80 pounds, something like that? Probably. Like oh, a, yeah. He was a big boy. He was a big boy. He was and a big he, boy. And he had huge head, fur, 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 fur right. for and, days. And just used to shed everywhere. Everywhere. And we got him when he was probably four or five months old. Like, he was already pretty big for a puppy when mm-hmm. we got him. I do remember going to that house and, yeah. and picking him out uh-huh. and seeing all the dogs run around their property and everything. Do you yeah. remember that? Yep. And so we ended up taking this dog. They even dog. gave us a dog house. Do you remember that? I do. An, an, an Alaska dog house? Because that's what I was going to talk about oh. is the fact okay. that <laughs> this fucking dog, you guys used to leave him outside all no. winter. Hey, wait. No, that was your dad. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with dad and dogs? Let's talk about this. So <laughs> why did we get this puppy and then dad never trained it a goddamn thing, I feel like. Never trained him a day in his life. Never. Like never took the dog on a walk. Nope. That dog did not walk. That dog didn't do shit except just get chained up outside. What was wrong with us? Your dad did not want the dog in the house because of all the dog hair. But here's what happened. But why did he want a dog then? Because he just always had dogs. He always had dogs. But he had little bitty Manchester Terriers. Yeah. And if and the first time... Well, we and had, Dalmatians is what and we Dal- had. Yeah, Dalmatians, because that's what he bought for me when we got married. Yeah. And so... Um, but here's what happened. Do you remember this? Um, when we moved into the house that I presently live in, mm-hmm. um, we moved in in, you know, May, June. Mm-hmm. And then October, I th- October-ish came along, and your dad had to go someplace... 
mm, probably six weeks or something, you know, probably down Anchorage again for mm-hmm. some kind of training. And so bless Mike Malone's heart. Mike came, he would go to our house at lunchtime because we, you, Stephen and I wanted the dog to be in the house. And so... um he would go there at lunchtime to take him outside and make sure everything was okay. And then um, by the time Dad got home, we made Thor a house dog. Right. Do you think it was the second year we moved in, though? It had to be, by, it, it had to be like later on. It wasn't, because here's what I was going to say is that when we moved into that house, you guys hired a landscaper yes. to come in and build a fucking sand pit basically on the side of our house that they, he called a dog run where basically they put like a big ass rope, like a, a metal wire. Yeah, with a chain that he could run back and forth. Yeah, with a chain that he could run back and forth. So it's like he has this big ass pit and or like this big sand pit mm-hmm. that would freeze as soon as it started to get cold <laughs> so you're just, so it's just like he's shitting on frozen sand and, we had to go. and then it would be ice but then during the summer it's like i would be having to traipse around like i'm on some <laughs> fucking shitty beach having to duck dog poop and it was in the shade most of the day so it was always wet sand so i'm trying to like dig up wet sand dog poop and put it in a bag to clean up his fucking run area but like the idea now that i am actually a dog, a dog owner, owner as an adult and how much like care and time i put into this dog and thinking that like you guys put up a wire along the side of a house and thought like oh yeah this is how he lives so but the scariest part for me was you know moose moose would go back there all the and time all other kind of animal you and know he was I, ready and he was just out barking. there like barking and crazy but but he did come in the house when we were home. Yeah, he would and come he in. slept in the house at night. But in the morning, I always felt so sorry for you because I would always ask you to go put him on his chain in that's the morning right. when yeah. we left it for school. It would be pitch black out. It I was very the- dark. It was very scary. But yeah, that's the thing is like while we were gone, he would he, he would be outside. And I'm talking like 40, negative 40 degrees. And all yeah. he had was that Alaskan dog house that they, yep. it's like the ones you would see on and TV. And you put hay in and it. And you put a bunch of hay in it. And so at 40 degrees, he'd be curled but up. But he was and- all furry but still man 40 below come on that was that was all to the bad but we got that figured out when your dad was gone it must have been like it must have been like a year and then the next october because i do remember you having to put the dog out in the morning yeah and and when it was cold and dark so it had to be like he had to be out there that whole first winter because i mean i'll say this as a, a relatively new adult dog owner again like the, like cooper is the first dog that i actually got from a puppy since thor thor we got when i was 7 he died when i was 19 yeah and so he lived to be 12 years old just about right and that broke my heart so fucking bad that i didn't get another oh. dog until oh, Cooper, really. Because you were gone when we got Odin, and that was Steven's dog. I wasn't there when, with Odin. I wasn't there. I was already living here when you guys got Doc. Now I look at like how much work Cooper was as a puppy, and I think back to Thor, and I'm like, Thor was not a dumb dog. No. But he was certainly acted dumb because we never put any of we never put any work towards him and i just remember always being I like know. you're making me feel bad well now. no it's just <laughs> I, it's more of a it's more of a um analyzation of how people used to treat their fucking dogs back in the 90s like you just didn't there before caesar milan and shit like oh. that it was just like you just got a dog and hope for the best <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Nobody was pe- like the idea in Alaska of paying. I don't paying- think I knew anybody who liked 
train You know what I'm saying? Like the Mm -hmm. idea in Alaska in the 90s of like taking a dog to an obedience class. That's like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I don't think people did that. No. Because it's just like in Alaska, they're just like wild animals basically. (laughs) Real talk. Like, you know, you'd pull up to people's house. They'd have a dog on a chain. It's a wild ass motherfucker. You're like, you better hope that chain is not too long. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) If it would have been up to your dad, he probably would have been outside. Still. Still. To this day. Till, till the day he died. That's right. So we had to go a little rogue. You know, a little run around. We did. We did. A, we went rogue. We went but rogue. But I will say this. To this day, you still have that fucking dog run on the side of your house <laughs> for no reason. You should turn it into a fucking volleyball pit or something at this no, point. No. Now there's like weeds and grass on it. Ugh. That was supposed to be part three of my lawn, except that too many things happened in between and I only got part one done. Ah, man. Let, let me tell you, that was the worst feature of that house was the fact that there was a sand pit on the side that I used to have to like traipse around around and pick up his dog poop. It was the worst chore. <laughs> I just wanted to laugh at that uh, that dog run because that's like the main feature of that house that I always just remember like, why did you, how did you guys let some snake oil salesman talk you into this dog run? It was the stupidest idea ever in my opinion. Well, it was because then the urine would drain better and there wouldn't be grass Supposedly. over there to get, you know, to get um, all burnt out with dog right. pee, blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, yeah, he sold you a good, I mean, he sold you a good crock of shit. The time, yeah, yeah, the science because there was no Google back then. There probably. was no Google back then, <laughs> no, there was no Google, back but, anyways, then. all right, so we'll we'll leave it off there because I think we covered a lot of well, we didn't cover a lot of ground, but we told no, we a covered lot of third grade, we covered third grade, fourth grade, and a little bit of fifth grade. Oh my god, and so that was your year 35, 36, 37, 37. a little bit of 38, maybe a little bit of 38. Damn, that's crazy because now we're caught up to like how Ooh, old, how old I am. you are. Well, I'm a year older than that now, oh, but still. That's true. There you go. So we'll wow. start off like around year 40 next time we start this. Gosh, I hope we do it sooner so I can remember what year 40 was like. Well, I, I know like next time that we do one of these, we'll start with dad leaving. Because that was like around that time. It was like when I was 13, we moved into that house. Oh, yeah. And dad moves to Shimia. And then that's kind of like the end of me and dad essentially is the way I look at it. Uh I know you probably see that different and Steven sees it different. Yeah. But in my memory, like that's what it was. Like the end of my relationship with my father for all intents and purposes was Mm -hmm. around age 13. Yeah. Because he left when you were 13 and Steven was 10 and he came back when Steven was 13 and you were 16. I was just about to turn 17 though, I think. No. No? 16. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my point is, is that those last two years of high school, like I just were full of resent that, that he was gone for as long as he was for me. And so I know it, was and it ru- wasn't supposed to be that It was way. rough times for me and everything that I had gotten into while he was gone, he was very disapproving of. He thought that he, you know, he didn't like the music I was into anymore. He didn't like the, the fact that I was like into snowboarding and into all this, mm. you know, he didn't like I, that I was growing my hair out or whatever, all this stupid shit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it was uh, rough times when he got back, but I know. Excuse me. He was only supposed to be gone for one year. Right. And, and it, it ended up being like two more years and, more and, more. and, you know, nine months. Right. So anyway, that's what we'll get into next time. Okay. Not this time, but that was a prequel to the next oh, time we do a prequel. podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think we did what we came to do. Okay. So do you want to tell people where to find you online or do you not want to be bugged online? Where you, to find do, me online? Do you want some, How do they find me online? Do you want some Instagram followers or do you not want to shout out your Instagram? You can shout it out. I don't know. You you know what? Because you set it up. I didn't even set it up. You don't know what your Instagram account is. Come on. It, Karen? If you want to follow my mom, 
if you want to follow my mom on Instagram, it's at Karen S underscore AK. So it looks like Karen's AK. And um, the last time she posted was on July 11th, and it's of some moose in her backyard, just so you guys can get a feeling of the content. There are some, you know, uh, beauty portraits of her dog, Doc. And uh, you can see some pictures of my nephew, Wyatt. Uh, Very adorable. So yeah, that's where to find her. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? No, I'm just happy that we got to um, put all this stuff down, you know, by our voices, voice recording, because then, you know, you have it. And this is what my dad would say. You have that for posterity. There you go. We have it for posterity, and uh, you guys know what the fuck it is. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you can follow me online at It's Intuition across all platforms. But what I really need you guys to do is go follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat, uh, particularly on Instagram, but also on Twitter. You know, both of the Twitter accounts got verified, and they both, got, or well, only one of them got hacked, but they got hacked, so it's really official that we we're verified. Uh, so go follow those at Kinda Neat, uh, youtube.com slash Kinda Neat, where you you are not going to see my mom perform a song, unfortunately, but you can go check out all of the 26 video, all of the 25 or something videos that we did in the last six months, uh, because I am going to take a couple weeks off. Um, like I said in the intro, because I don't know, six months straight of work without taking a fucking day off seven days a week, I'm like burnt out. And so, you know, my wife's birthday is coming up in a couple days. I'm going to take a couple weeks off. I'll be back in November with some new episodes. But until then, this is your boy, Lee. And that was Karen Shaner, my mom. And uh, this was kind of neat. Oh, are we still on? Oh. <laughs>